Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host, Mozzie. Hello. I think we're all just a little goofy today, so there might be a lot of weird accents going on. <laughs> I uh, I didn't I didn't do any sort of modifier, but I think a a vocal modifier counts as a modifier for the intro. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna count that as a bucket. Um, yes. So we are onto the divisional round. Our wild card picks went, I believe, five and one. The only one was the one we were vocally least confident on with Giants at Minnesota. So don't feel terrible about that one. Um, but we got the Jacksonville one. Um, we were we nailed we we were uh, not sold on Tampa having any shot. People were picking Tampa. I'm like, I don't fucking get it. They suck. Anyone um, who picked Tampa was just like, oh, either they thought, oh, Cowboys are going to lose in the first round again, which is fair, mm-hmm. or they're like, it's Tom Brady, he's going to win, which yeah, is also I, fair. Yeah, I feel like the Tampa upset was the casual fan pick. Yeah. Potentially. Or like, anyone oh, I've got who, sports uh, betting now, I'm going to pick Tampa. <laughs> anyone who knows Todd Bowles knows that they weren't winning that game. <laughs> It's it's funny seeing the whole staff except for him get fired. He is it's is so infuriating having him as the coach of your team. So I actually do feel kind of bad for Tampa fans. Uh, like, I don't. Shit's just blowing up, and he's just standing there like gritting his teeth, like, "Oh, that wasn't good." <laughs> your your message like, is coming through as you were going back and watching through. I was cracking up because <laughs> like, that's literally something. what it was. <laughs> he doesn't do, like. Have you ever seen a coach? That just is not animated in the slightest. It's so weird. You're right. It is kind of weird. It is like an odd phenomenon. Like the most, the least amount of movement I can think of is like coaches pacing back and forth. At, at least they're like swinging their arms or walking around or yelling at people. Because quite frankly, if you're not yelling at people, you're losing. If you're the head coach <laughs> of an NFL team, if you're not yelling at people, you're losing. And... He's just, he's never yelling at anyone. He's never really talking or emoting or reacting. And maybe that's the cameras. They're just not showing it on him in any other scenario. <laughs> but he, it's like he stands in one place the entire game and just kind of stares at the screen. Like, are you watching the game? What are you thinking about right now, Todd Bowles? I know it's not football. And if it is, you're not conveying that. To is he anybody. thinking about bowls? Maybe. <laughs> maybe he <Yeah>. just <laughs> loves bowls. Like, very much. He has, like, a huge collection of bowls, and that's all he ever thinks about. Yeah. These are that would make more sense. Todd's Bowls by Todd Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> I can't decide if that's, like, a very, like, uh, like Rick and Morty type of thing, or if that's, like, a like more regular show thing. Mm. It's, a, it's a little... I Well, J.G. Quintel's kind of got the same kind of yeah. humor. Although, mm. apparently, hopefully... I don't know anything about him. I saw the Rick and Morty. One of like one of those guys has gotten into some shit lately. Oh, but... Royland. Yeah. Yeah. 
he does a lot of the voices, but thankfully he doesn't do much of the writing. Dan Harmon is the guy who does all the writing. Dan Harmon's also a weird dude, but I think a differently weird dude. Well, I mean, you, I mean, if you see the show, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really know much about it. I've just seen little bits of it. So anyway, um, instead of digging into that, we're going to dig into these games. Yeah. Starting off with the Saturday games, we've got Jacksonville at Kansas City. Um, this is the one I'm most confident in, picking Kansas City here. Total yeah. has risen to 53. The spread is Kansas City by 8.5. Yeah, I put Jacksonville covering that right at, like initially. I don't know if I'm actually going to stick with that. That one mm-hmm. is actually kind of depending on the numbers for me and what they are. Um, if it's 10, I'll probably take them to cover Eight and a half is really close because my initial prediction, I put them as an an eight point loss. So I'm kind of like, well, I guess that's covering mm-hmm. spread. So we'll I kind of have to see how that moves. But uh, initial thought on this game is Doug Peterson's a good coach. He learned from Andy Reid. He's probably going to put some good things together offensively. He's going to go for fourth down a lot and try to keep Mahomes off the field. They should be able to do some damage offensively. They should be able to score through the air and the ground, and they're still probably going to lose by 10. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. Like, Kansas City's just kind of, like, going to whip it out and show, like, why they're the big dogs pretty much. Yeah, if that first wild card round didn't convince anyone that Kansas City is probably the best team in the AFC, uh, yeah, they're they're yeah. gonna score at least thirty four points, right? Yeah, and I know you say thirty four because you're expecting. Are you setting a Butker miss extra point? <laughs> Dude, poor <laughs> right. poor Maher, poor Maher. I know. You know what though? Just side note, I loved what Dak said after the game. Did you see that? No, I saw I saw a CD bit during the game, but I didn't see Dak after. Dak was basically like, "Look, I played like shit last week too. It happens to us. Maher's a good guy and a good player, so we know he's gonna bounce back just as we have." Mm-hmm. I was did, like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Yeah, didn't he finally get one too? Yeah, he did yeah. make his fifth extra point. There yes. we go. Brett Maher doesn't miss five extra points in a <laughs> row. Let me tell you. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> on the sidelines. He's like, "I'm pulling my hair out over this." <laughs> There, there was a little bit where CD like was talking to him on the sidelines, basically being like, "Hey, man, it's all good. We're here for you. Like, you've carried a sum already this year. Like, don't worry about it." Yeah, I mean, I love that, and I love to see that because being a kicker, it's a lot of pressure, and you pretty much have to be good always. Mm-hmm. The expectation is that you're going to make it, not that you're gonna miss. Yeah. So when you do fuck up the easy ones, you can get fired like after being good for eight years in a row and that really yeah. sucks <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because he he wasn't their kicker for a bit and now he is again i thought something like weird came around with that yeah i think so he did but, leave, right i don't yeah i can't remember if he got hurt or if he was out he was just like released for a bit or what but yeah kick, kicker jobs are it's a, little, it's a little fickle yeah so i was glad to see that but anyway mm-hmm. yeah butker's probably gonna miss one um that's okay because Jacksonville's probably going to go for two on one of them and not get it, which is why I think any score you give Jacksonville, you have to account for a missed two-point conversion attempt. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> which is why I think I gave them, like, when I was doing the initial picks, I did, like, 23-31 Kansas City. And I was like, no, nah, it's not enough for Kansas City and maybe not quite enough for Jacksonville. Yeah, it depends if you, like, if you go, like, you know, 
23, 34, like, like 34, 27. Like, there's a couple ways it could go. But anyway, um, yeah, I, probably not going to get the four turnovers again right away from, from Lawrence. That was <laughs> that was a brutal start. Um, but Kansas City is not going to let up a lead like the Chargers did, I don't think. So that's it. Like, I feel like they're going to get a lead. They're going to hold on to a lead. Like, unless Jacksonville gets the ball first, I don't know if they'll ever lead this game. Yeah. Well, the thing with the Chiefs is they're just, I mean, they might have a drive stall out here and there because, you know, they just, honestly, Kelsey might just like drop a key pass. <laughs> that happens. But they also can score so fucking quickly. That yeah. They're they, going to be in the lead. They're going to do their thing. The main thing is just how Jacksonville keeps up. So I, I think they'll do a pretty good job keeping up. I don't think they'll do enough to keep up, you know, all the way through, but yeah, I do think I was, they'll do all right. I was looking back at the last game because they played earlier in the year. Um, so Kansas City's moved around their corners since then. That was like one of the weird things that happened. So um, I think they played in week 10 and shortly after. So Sneed had been in the slot and McDuffie was outside. Now they're switched. Um, and then I believe it's Watson is now the main other outside guy. But Christian Kirk was kind of handling everybody in that game. So I think he's probably a solid option. Like, I think he's kind of just going to be a mismatch for their corners again. I'm not sure if it's going to be, like, Zay or Marvin more on the outside getting some matchups on Watson. who He's been solid, but he's still a seventh-round rookie. So, um, like... Who, Jalen Watson? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think McDuffie's probably a little better of a style matchup on Kirk than Sneed, but I still think Kirk's going to be able to get his. Because uh, McDuffie's a rookie too, first round rookie, but also still a rookie. Um, but his big issue's been tackling. So that's not good against Christian Kirk. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I've said to him to kind of have their numbers, but I really like um, ETN here. I think I forgot to put him in banger. Um, not necessarily for running purposes but last game was pretty encouraging from his passive all standpoint he didn't really get the receptions but he was like their main route running running back like they, they weren't really subbing hasty in a ton like they had previously it was like all etn on the route running so we've seen route like our pass catching running backs get a lot of work get a lot of production against, against kansas city so i think there's a pretty good chance he gets a lot of work there and like i i would wager there's if he's gonna have like a career day in receiving which i don't know his career highs it's not very high but like i would i would you know wager he might have a career high day receiving yards wise his over under on receiving yards was only like 17 and a half last i checked and like i i mean that's like not a lot but that's one of my favorite props i've seen so okay so you think mcduffie's gonna be in the slot on kirk yeah he he's been in the slot the last few weeks so i assume that's what they'll have which I, that kind of helps in narrowing down some Jacksonville players. Um, what I've seen from McDuffie, he's very good for a rookie. Um, yeah. Is that he's very good before the ball is in the receiver's hands. Yep. <laughs> and what yeah. you were saying is like the tackling. Yeah. If they catch it, he's kind of toast. Yeah. That's uh, the thing is like, yeah, where Kirk's really good against man. And then McDuffie's not great at tackling. Not, <laughs> it's not a yeah. good combo. So I, I have to say I like Kirk. I don't really like Zay Jones um, this week. I've been on him for a while. It's just the matchup. I think Juan Thornhill 
that free safety who is good is going to be back there to kind of prevent mm-hmm. that deep throw to Zay. Um, and that's He'll probably, probably have Sneed. Exactly, and that'll be with Sneed. So, like, I think that part is covered. I think they're going to have to look elsewhere. Um, so that leaves our boy. That's, uh, to me, Marvin Jones and Kirk. Mm-hmm. Where are you with Evan Ingram here? He's been doing well, man. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I like, don't... a strong take either way on him. I don't really either. I think if there might be other matchups I like more, if I if I have to say. Uh, I don't necessarily dislike him, but he's not my favorite mm-hmm. for now, this week. Yeah, now the tight end on the other side <laughs> is my favorite. Yeah, I think this is a chalk play if you're doing any kind of DFS. You mm-hmm. pay up to get Kelsey. That's what I'm doing. I'm he's making it gonna get at least two touchdowns in this game. Yeah, the the match the matchup. So Jacksonville's kind of become weaker against tight end. We literally just saw it last week with Everett, who got a hundred yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Gerald Everett, and now we're talking Travis Kelsey, and Nicole's still out. Yeah, <laughs> so Kelsey, like, I I am starting my lineup with Kelsey pretty much, and. If it bites me, it bites me, but we only have four fucking games, so, you know, I'll deal with it. Um, yeah, I'm super going to Kelsey. After him, I like Juju a lot here, personally. Um, so they've been mixing up a lot who they have in the slot and who they have in the middle of the field, but Juju has consistently made his money in the middle of the field, and in a playoff game, I expect them to rely on their best wide receiver, so, and he's, DFS-wise, he's pretty cheap, but... I, I mean, I expect, I expect Kelsey and Juju to do a lot of the lifting. And, of course, you know, we've got McKinnon, too. But Yeah, he's... <laughs> the, the problem with the Chiefs is that people are going to get the ball. It's yeah. It's kind of figuring out who it's going to be. Outside of Kelsey and Mahomes, obviously, is your main point getters. Yeah, the the ease for DFS this week is that Miko um, is out. So... That makes it a little bit easier. Like you can, especially on the two games that you can, like, you can reasonably play a lot of Chiefs. And like where Tony is cheap, Juju's not expensive. You can just go Mahomes, Kelsey, Tony, Juju, and even you can fucking throw in McKinnon if you want. I don't care. Yeah. And just get all the Chiefs because like I'm fairly confident they're gonna score the most points, and it could be by a big margin. So. Yep. Yeah, I think they have the highest implied total of any of the games. And even the ones that like are a little bit high over under that I might necessarily not agree with. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I'll so I'm looking at the implied Chiefs. totals. Chiefs implied total is just under 31 right now. Yeah. Next and I think is, it's going to be higher. Yeah. Eagles are at 28. Uh, that, that I also think could be higher. Bills are at 27, San Fran's at 25. But yeah, like the Chiefs have like by far the highest implied total. So, yeah, that seems, you know, right to me. <laughs> uh, the corners for Jacksonville, they, they're they missing a few people, right? I believe so. I can double check their uh, depth chart, but they've, they've been so bad in the slot. And again, that's Kelsey sometimes gets slot snaps. So like again, more towards Kelsey, but yeah. like th- that's that's the thing that was where they mix around alignment so much. It's hard to like for sure say, oh Juju slot guy, because like for for the outside, it's gonna be actually actually they, they'll probably give Justin Watson some outside time too. Like it's gonna be a big mix there. So I guess I'll jump on the McKinnon train for this week. 
So outside corners right now, uh, Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams. And then they've got Trey Herndon in the slot as of two days ago on the depth chart. Because they, um, I'm trying to remember who they've got on IR. Shaquille Griffin, that's right. He's on IR, right? So that's one of the, yeah. yeah. So that's what that was like a big hit for them too. Yeah, because their secondary has just been terrible. I'm trying to see if there's like one guy who can yeah. maybe do um, stuff. But, um, yeah, C- Campbell's been solid, I thought. Yeah, he's been all right. But they, they've got good safeties. They just don't have enough good corner play to like make it work. Because they've got Cisco, um, who's solid. But, you know, one guy can only do so much. Um, right. Yeah, Ty- yeah, Tyson Campbell's been solid. Yeah, missing Shaquille Griffin kind of hurts because they're relying on a lot of mixed bag play in the, in the secondary. Yeah, unfortunately for Jacksonville, I don't like their linebackers' coverage skills very much, um, which is another thing for Kelsey, but another thing also for, like, pass-catching running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another boon towards, like, McKinnon for me. I don't real Does Pacheco catch passes? I think he does. Some, but not, like, a ton. It's, it's really funny, like, looking through the stat lines, because, like, there are some games where McKinnon has, like, a one or two rushes but like seven or eight targets <laughs> and like it's like six for 61 on a touchdown through the air and then you'll see like pacheco get like two catches but they're not doing the they're not designing it for him like they are for mckinnon like he's not getting slot work he's not doing wheel routes and stuff so i'm definitely i'm definitely mckinnon over pacheco here uh yeah i think i am too not that pacheco you know couldn't have a good day i would just yeah. be more inclined for the ceiling that uh mckinnon brings to the table yeah, because if Pacheco was always, like, getting in at the one, I would be like, yeah, sure, like, Jamal Williams in. But, like, he's not even, like, getting off the goal line work. So, again, it's his, you know, 15, 17 touches. It's just where do they come and what do they produce? So, yeah, they only run so much. <laughs> when you have Mahomes, you should only be running so much. But anything else with this game before we jump over? I think Jacksonville gets... Uh does some good things and i think peterson's a good coach and he used to you know play with andy reed and coach with him so he knows andy reed i just think that you know it's it, this is where this the story ends for them <laughs> yeah this will be an exciting game though like i feel confident in that at least like it'll be it'll be fun so it will but, be fun mm-hmm. moving on though to the giants at philly peterson's former team oh yeah we both have Philly and reed's former team yeah and Reed's former team. Yeah. This is the, uh, yeah, I guess that first game is like the former Philly Bowl. Um, I bet one of them's thinking about cheesesteaks. So, yeah, Philly hosting the Giants. We've got, we both have Philly winning. Uh, totals 48, spreads Philly 7.5. And one thing I do want to point out here uh, is we talked a bit about the uh, Week 18 game. We did neither of us got to watch it live initially, but going back through it, I, going in, I was like, okay, how did the Giants keep this close? And then you watch it and you realize, oh, like this is not the Philly game plan. It's keeping Hertz out of harm, making sure you knock some rust off. Like no design keeps. He's sliding instead of going for first downs. Like a lot of screens. It's a very safe game plan. Pretty much doing the bare minimum to get the win. Like I saw them punt on fourth and two with their own 48, which they'd never fucking do in like a real life scenario. So. Yeah, the, their defense was dominant pretty much for the first three quarters until, you know, they kind of let up a bit and a third and the fourth. But, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of backups. But I, I that was not the real Philly. I'm expecting a little more of the uh, first matchup than that one. 
So this game, I came in wanting to take the Giants. And, you know, because Eli won his Super Bowl with like a 9 or 10 win team in his fourth season that no one thought was good. <laughs> and Daniel Jones is, looks pretty much exactly like Eli Manning and is in his fourth season. And they're playing better than anyone thought. But this game is uh, its going to be really tough for the Giants to win. <laughs> Philly looks really good. They look really healthy. And uh, the first time they played, Philly absolutely donged on them. The second time they played, Hurts wasn't running the football, which is kind of half of his game. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think we're going to see more of a classic 2022 Philly which is um, the second quarter, we kind of know how the game's going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a divisional game, so I'm not like immediately tossing them out here. But it's, yeah, it's hard for me to see a way that the Giants pull this out. Again, they could, but if we get actual Philly offense, they should be pretty dominant. So I, uh, as far as fantasy goes... I like Miles Sanders a lot here. Now, I know there's the Boston Scott narrative because he, <laughs> he like, almost always scores on the Giants. Like, the, the one of the funniest, like, random running things in the NFL is Boston Scott donning on the Giants. Um, that's that's kind of been circulating around Twitter a lot, so I'm curious if that, like, pushes Miles' popularity down, especially on the, like, all-weekend slate. Uh, I, the, first, the first game, he went nuts on him on, like, 17 carries, and I expect that to kind of happen again here. Yeah, I like Miles a lot. Obviously, like, you know, Hurts and the usual crew, but this specifically seems like a good, like, Miles spot to me. And based on the line matchups, that is true. I'll pull out my line ones, but they had the best line matchup for sure this week. Yeah, like, by a large margin, the best, yeah, line matchups this week. So, um, second best comes out to, like, San Fran KC right around, like, 8.9, and then Philly's at 96 on the adjusted line yards total. Um, so, and like every, every run matchup is great for him. Like running back yards, um, open field yards, you know, uh, second level yards, stuff percentage. Like it all looks great for them here. So I expect them to start with that as their game plan. Obviously, you know, we'll see some good AJ Brown, Devonta Smith stuff, but I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a miles heavy game plan here. And I think he'll execute well. And it's the playoffs. Uh, so like, I, you know, yeah, got to get him involved. As much as as much fun as it is with the Boston Scott thing, I think Miles My- should get a good snapshot here. He, I mean, I kind of like all of the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I like Sanders. Yeah. I, I think that A.J. Brown will probably do well. I think Devontae Smith will probably do well. Um, I think Goddard probably does fine as well. Like, there's, I don't know. I, I definitely think the Giants are going to have some good schemes and, you know, come into this game with, you know, a little, uh, little chutzpah, but chutzpah. I still think they're going to lose by, like, I'll take Philly to cover. It is kind of a bummer, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough um, out. Yeah. So uh, we do know for Philly, uh, Vontae Maddox is out. What does that give you any interest in any specific Giants pass catchers? Is there anyone on the Giants you like in general? Where yeah, I, mean, I, no. I, I like Isaiah Hodgins in general. Um, mm-hmm. He's more of like he's really tall. He balled last zone. week. Yeah, good red zone guy. Uh, I don't know. I think Slayton has kind of gotten bottled up by uh Slay, <laughs> Slaver Slayton. 
Yeah. Maddox is in the slot, right? Yeah. So that, as you know, mostly Richie James, I guess. I mean, again, they move around, but I think Richie James is like... Johnson, though, is still going to be in that slot area. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, though, is like... Like, it might not be, like, any yak form. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw, like, Richie James come away with, like, 8 for 60, <laughs> you know? Right. But, yeah, yeah he's I'm kind of on board with that. Mm-hmm. He's very heavy slot. And I think Josiah Scott mans the slot when, uh, <laughs> you, you, you always love when, like, the names and the roles rhyme and stuff like that. But he, he's been definitely, like, by far, like, the weakest corner of the of the four, like it one one uh Maddox is out, there's a pretty big drop off. So I guess I'll Brett Rich in here. But I do like uh Bellinger here. Just given I feel like the best opening in the field's gonna be for him with a lot of the corner advantages they're gonna have. Uh Philly will have on the Giants. I mean Yeah, I can see that. But this is this is definitely one of the games where I'm like not as interested in this weekend for fantasy stuff. I'll tune into it if it ha like if the third yeah, I'll watch on it. and uh it's close and i'll be like oh yeah here we go but i also mm-hmm. feel like knowing the eagles this game could get away just before halftime i i'm yeah, i'm curious how i mean it could stay close the whole time but if the eagles pull away i'm wondering like when it is because the eagles always start hot today like it could be the giants are playing catch up like a lot of the game in which case like then that they're the giants pass catchers become a little more interesting because you're getting a lot more pass attempts than usual I, th- I think I'm I'm talking around a circle of I don't know about a Saquon mash, but a Saquon temper expectation. Yeah, because as long as like whenever Jordan Davis is active, the Philly Rundy is top notch. When he's out, it's very vulnerable. Like the the Rundy lives and die by him. He's playing so that in the game script. All you know he does he does catch passes, but you want your running back running. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're playing it for fantasy, so that's where I'm at with this, but. Do you have anything else on this game before we get to possibly our favorite game this weekend? Hey. Yeah, so kicking off Sunday, we've got Cincy at Buffalo. At the moment, I've got Cincy. Uh, where are you at with this one? I don't want to pick yet because I, <laughs> I don't know what the line matchup is yet. My So I think we both are on the page of like Jonah Williams is probably out. I think Jonah's probably out. To me, the more impactful one is Kappa. Yeah, uh, Kappa's better anyway yeah kappa's better and that interior line is what needs to be good for me to stick with cincy which is i guess i'll put that as my pick um i am taking cincy i think kappa might be coming back that's really big because this weather is supposed to be shit and if it is i really need cincy to have a good O line so that they can have some sort of running game in bad weather. Um, if Kappa's out and Jonah Williams is out and this weather is bad, that's not good. Because mm-hmm. you need, like, when the weather sucks, you need a run game. And you know, Kappa's that right guard. I mean, you're gonna you run a lot behind that. So it, it's it's a little dicey for me with the O line injuries. Jonah Williams last week that was really bad. He dislocated his knee. Like it's. I would be very surprised if he played. I know a lot of linemen play through a lot of injuries, but that's a pretty pretty bad injury. Yeah, that's a gruesome one, huh? <laughs> uh. Yeah, this this dislo- <sighs> knee dislocation is no fun. Again, probably I don't know what they have it listed as if his knee or MCL or whatever, but yeah, that's that t- that takes a few weeks at least. <laughs> so I don't think it'll be one week. 
Um, because like if it's dislocation, like I have no idea what like the degree of MCL sprain it would be. So yeah, I I I'm I'm actually like fifty fifty on Kappa. Like I have not seen any major news either way on like how it's gonna shake out for him. So that that, that is that like a, the deciding factor right now for you? That's a Kappa pretty, that's status. A, that's a pretty big factor for me. I need mm. Kappa's status here. Yeah, the the benefit for Cincy here is that. We talked about this off wax too. Is since Vaughn Miller has gone down, the Buffalo pass rush has been inconsistent and yes. probably below average on average. Um, <laughs> like sometimes they look fine and sometimes they just don't get any pressure. Yeah, like if Matt Milano and Greg Rousseau get stuff going, or like a lot of times it's like a Matt Milano kind of wrecking shit. Um, if they're if they're going without Vaughn, but it becomes a lot more inconsistent. Um, but like they still have got the upside and with the banged up O line. I am kind of in the department of mashing Mixon, not just because like the run matchups is kind of tough. Two, it's I, I think they'll have to get a lot of Piran in there to pass block. So I'm not I'm not as huge on Mixon. I know I know you're a little more into him for touchdown upside and yeah, potential I'm fine. Against weather. Exactly, I'm fine on Mixon because I think the weather is bad, and you lean on the run game with that. And um, Zach Taylor unfortunately had to learn the hard way that. P. Ryan is good for certain situations and not for others. So I do think that they're going to probably try to get Mixon like going with the run game. Um, and I think his, you know, chance of scoring is pretty high. So I'm not off him. I think he'll be, I think he'll be fine. I am very much off of Singletary. I do not like him at all in this game. It's a bad matchup and all of the rushing is going to come from, Joshua Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Joshua, yeah, Bu- um, Buffalo. I'm with you on no on no single Terry. I don't really have a take on um, James Cook. I guess not really like big into him, but maybe could see him get a little more receiver involved. But uh, not really loving it either. More, more, I'm more into the pass game. I actually put them as a banger here, just because I don't think Buffalo will run. And if they do, it's Jalen. So I should probably just put Jalen here mainly as the banger. Because, <laughs> like, he... Not that it doesn't always, but especially this week, it's going to revolve around him. And so this is kind of why I'm taking Cincy. Is because, yes, uh, Josh Allen's very, 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 very good. But when you ask him to do everything, he fucks up. <laughs> Some of my... I know we've said this before, but some of my favorite clips are when you see Josh Allen realize he shouldn't do the thing he's about to do, and then like pause and basically glitch and do it anyway, and it's do a it turnover. Anyway. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's like ah fuck. <laughs> it's like so made his bones to do it. It cracks me up every time. Yep. So like the the game is kind of on Jalen's shoulders here because he doesn't have a run game to lean on, so he's going to be responsible for the rushing game and the passing game. And yeah, he's really good and he'll be able to do that for a lot of it. But for the whole game, he's going to fumble and he's going to probably throw a pick. And if I'm giving the turnover battle to Cincy in this close game, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm probably picking Cincy. This is going to be a good game. I'm really curious if the weather, yeah, I'm curious like what the weather effect is going to be on it. Cause yeah, like I, it's always annoying trying to like break it down on whether it's a factor because it's like, okay, how much of a factor is it? If it's like, if it's not severe, I don't want really consider it much. 
what if it's freezing rain, it becomes sort of impactful. If the but the winds like we talk about like the winds when it gets really high winds are the main thing. Or if it's a ton of precipitation, if it's some, if it's light, if it's off and on, I'm not gonna consider it a ton. It might kind of like push you to or from like certain tendencies a little bit. Um, you know, maybe you're not as big on someone like Knox who has some droppy issues. You know, like little things like that. Um, speaking of tight ends though, where are you on, on Hurst? Do you think he will get some stuff going because they'll need short stuff with the O-line issues? Or do you think he'll be blocking more because of the O-line issues? That's where I'm kind of torn. That's like the tight end debate I always face. I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think Hurst has a very high ceiling in this game. Uh, but I do think he is a good shot to score and get a few catches in key situations for fantasy. You're probably not also like, you're probably going to use Kelsey. Or yeah. You should. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be an okay flex option. I think I'd rather go with other, other ones here. I personally think he's going to be very solid. Not great. Like he'll get, you know, four catches, 40 yards and a touchdown. And maybe those four catches are really big for the game. Fantasy-wise, I don't think he has a super high ceiling. Yeah. Because he yeah. is going to have to block. Mm-hmm. I think he... Like, if they win, he'll be he'll be an important part of the game. Sure. But it's a matter of, like, how that shows up. Um, yeah. So the spread has widened a lot. Uh, Bills are minus five and a half. I think it opened at, like, three and a half or four. Um, you know... It, a little befuddled with that, because I guess, like, so apparently, like, I found this out recently, home field is, like, one and a half now instead of three. Uh, I don't know when that, I don't know when that, like, when general that exception happen? change. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's, I don't like, I, I guess if if that's, that spread has to be assuming that neither of the linemen play. Otherwise, it doesn't seem right to me. Because, uh, like, if Cap is playing, we are both kind of picking the Bengals and we'll definitely at least say five and a half is too much. So... Right? Five and a half. Yeah. Like, it's gone up. So, like, a lot. So, more. A higher number of bets have come in on Cincy, but more total money's coming on Buffalo. So, essentially, like, the, like, big slash sharp money's been coming in on Buffalo. Whereas, like, a lot of general public money's been coming in on Cincy, which normally is, like, a concerning thing. That's also been the case some with the Philly game. But. I think there's like there's there's still the unknown of Kappa that I think is kind of changing a lot. Um, but the the Bills to me, I don't know. Like last week, it not being able to put away the Dolphins was it has to be concerning. I I I mean, I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's very concerning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> McDaniel fucking coached circles around McDermott. Dude. And, like, that's not to say that Zach Taylor – I mean, I actually think McDaniel is probably a better offensive coach than Zach Taylor is. Um, but – so that's, you know, maybe neither here nor there. But, to, I, like, I, 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 McDermott is not impressing me right now. They look sloppy. The Bills look sloppy. They're making a lot of stupid mistakes. They look like they have all of the right pieces and they're just not really – making it happen the way they should be. And that's why, like, five and a half for me is a lot. Yeah, I mean, their middle of the field is significantly weaker now. Um, the very obvious one is they don't have DeMar Hamlin in the lineup anymore. Um, and then also, I believe, I 
can't remember if they lost their slot corner or if they've just had really bad slot corner play. And they've also, like, missing Micah Hyde. So, you know, a lot of safety depth not there. You know, it definitely hurts the integrity in the middle of the field. You've got your linebackers trying to do, like, way too much. Um, who's there? Is it Teron Johnson's or slot corner? I always mix up who all their corners are because they've got, like, a Johnson and a Jackson. But obviously they got white, but it's been a little bit inconsistent outside of him. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this game though for sure, regardless of how we uh, of how we get the weather. Oh, for sure. I think the weather just kind of adds another layer to it. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good regardless. Yeah, I do like uh, Diggs and Chase a lot, just off the basis of like you know, your guys got to be the guys. They got to be the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think both of them are fine. It's so I did want to mention this really quickly is the his Higgins. I think. Mentally, he's probably in a pretty tough spot going against Buffalo after the last game. Even though, in my opinion, he really didn't do anything wrong, he might still feel some form of guilt. And mm-hmm. that can kind of mess with you. But him having a big game would be really huge. Especially I hope since, he does. Uh, what's his, after Trey White, that uh, the rest of their secondary. If Trey White is covering Chase a lot, which I presume will happen, then... You know, you're going to have sort of your backups there on Higgins. Yeah, you'll get a lot of, like, Dane Jackson on him, who's kind of coming and banged up. And no uh, Micah Hyde, so now, like, you might have one-on-one Higgins matchups, which are great. So I think Higgins could have a huge day. I also think he could mentally, like, struggle a bit. Um, But I hope that's not the case. Yeah, he he is uh, super-duper cheap on DraftKings, by the way. He's like 5,800 or some bullshit. The prices have all been suppressed throughout the playoffs, but like, man, that one is just super low. Like, yeah, entirely that, too low. Yeah. So I'll take he, that. I'll put it in, in here. Yeah, he had four catches for 37 yards last week in a, you know, very gross low scoring game. And a game that's expected to go a little higher. I could see it going a lot better for him. I think we kind of forget how good T. Higgins is because, like, of Jamar Chase. But T. Higgins is really good. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> And after, yeah, so, like, without Micah Hyde, without, and, you know, you just have Trey White, so he's taking care of Chase, then you have the rest of the Bengals, and Higgins is a clear, like, two in that offense, and could probably be a one in some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, I was about to say, like, I was about to pull up the teams and be like, how many teams is Higgins in number one for? <laughs> like, many. New England, maybe yes. the Jets, and for sure Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland would be close. He would be for Jacksonville, Titans, Indy, Houston. Like, for, like, I'm just going through three division. That's a lot of them already. So, yeah, he's so good. And also, like, I know, like, we're not sounding like, like, we love this guy. We love this guy in this game. But, like, I do think this is definitely a good stackable game for sure. There's just, there's just a lot of obvious. Like, obviously, there's Chase and Diggs and all them. So, th- there is obviously the potential weather damper. But I think this is still a good, like, stack potentially really high scoring game to use for your lineups what do you think on that just because of all the offensive talent um i think in order it's probably chiefs one and then everyone else yeah yeah so the chief the chiefs uh, chiefs game is my favorite to stack but after that after that i mean i also kind of like the eagles Mm -hmm. if you're if you're playing just the sunday slate are you going with this one like yeah yeah 
Because on, on the two gamers, I usually stack one game completely up. And I would probably be in this game. Yeah, I think this one. I think, yeah. Because the next one is kind of tough to, to parse through. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's we're parsing with Parsons. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, next up is Dallas at San Fran. This is one we haven't picked yet. At least I, I'm unsure still. And as we talk through it, I think my pick will get made. So I, well, I think we're both on the same page here of um, these. this is a very new and unique test for both teams here. Neither has faced a team as good in the areas where these teams have their strengths, like throughout their run. So like during the Purdy run, they've, I don't want to, you know, diminish the accomplishments, but it's not, they've not really been facing like top-notch teams. Seattle's the best team they played and they barely made it into the playoffs like they barely beat the rams and the lions barely beat the packers to like get the seahawks into the playoffs and it's a divisional matchup so you know it stayed close for a bit but san fran pulled away the best offense they went against was the Jarrett stidham raiders and they had like one good defensive player which is crosby pretty much um they went against the washington d and that was probably purdy's worst game but the washington o uh, was consisting of half a game of each Wentz and um, Heineke. So, like, you know, you're not really getting pushed to get out of your comfort zone. Um, so, Dallas presents a combo of a really good pass rush and a really good offense that San Fran hasn't had to deal with yet. They've not, like, they've not faced a an elite pass rush and an offense that'll push them to, like, have to throw to worry about that pass rush. And on the other side... Dallas hasn't faced a front seven like San Fran, albeit San Fran's, you know, the best front seven in the league. So, you know, if you're not playing them, you're not playing the best one. But they they played Philly twice, who at least has a really good front four, um, sometimes five, depending on how they line it up. But, and then they donned on Minnesota, who has a pretty solid front seven, just a really terrible secondary at this point. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the... And Dallas has played in a pretty tough division, too. Um, the Santa Fran's division ended up being a lot weaker than expected. So it's really tough to gauge these teams as they are right now. Like, Dallas reminded us that they're, you know, a pretty good team. And looking at point differential, like, Dallas is one of the legit contenders. I was, I don't know how much we've, like, talked about them during the season as that, but I think I was fairly consistently on the Dallas train once I realized I was wrong about them, I'm like, okay, like they're actually really good. Um, they, okay. Dallas is very good at many things, but they are also glaringly weak at others. Mm-hmm. I, their secondary to me is quite beatable. They have a great pass rush. Their offense is good when all things are working. Their O line is good. So that's helped a lot. But when you, after CD Lamb, their receiving options go down significantly. So I do have concerns about their offense being able to do things if CD Lamb is not there or their run game is not there. Well, as you get San Fran, the run game has a very strong chance of not being there. Yes. I I do love CD this week, by the way. I put him in bold purple, meaning mm-hmm. I absolutely love him. So I'm starting my lunch with Kelsey, and uh, immediately after... Um, if I, if I'm able to do salary wise, I'm putting in CD on the Sunday slate, locking him in on the Saturday slate. Would like to get him in if the salary works out, but he so okay. The San Fran secondary is bad. Yes, 
But the issue is always how much will it matter because of their front seven. Dallas has a good enough line, I think, to make it matter enough. Right. So, and CD can get open in an instant. So, I'd love him to shred up the secondary. And his he's really good at yak, too. And yeah. with some of the issues that um, their safeties have had in coverage, like, that's a little bit of a boost to me. So, like, if if I do pick Dallas, it will be on CD's back. Mm. Halita to the promised lamb. Ah, there we go. They'll... He will herd them. I I agree with you pretty strongly on that. I think that Dallas's O line is good enough for the weakness of San Fran's secondary to come to light because they've mm-hmm. gotten away with having a bad secondary because their pass rush is so good. And I think against Dallas, that pass rush is going to get stymied a bit. They'll still get, they're still going to get to Dak, like, but it's not going to be as frequently, and he's going to have a little more time to throw, and when. You've got CeeDee Lamb out there. That's going to be really huge. Yeah, and we saw last week, we talked about this going into the game, Dak uses legs more. Which yeah. So I didn't see, I, di- I didn't uh, have that main broadcast on. I had the main cast on because it's the better one. Um, <laughs> but apparently, like, Troy, like, right before Dak ran it in, was like, I'd go for three here, and then a Dak immediately naked bootlegs a touchdown in. <laughs> which is hilarious to me that it went that way. Yeah. So, he looks spry too, so like I expect him to get his legs involved again here uh, as well. What are you that thinking could be with really key in this game? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking with Schultz? Do you like him? Do you think he'll have to block? Do you think he'll go too tight end a lot? I'm kind of torn on that front. I do think he will have to block, um, but he's become a very valuable pass catcher uh, to Dak here. And like I said, after Lamb, it's kind of you know up in the air (laughs) literally to who comes (laughs) out with it so like that's the other thing is jake ferguson is a rookie but he's from wisconsin so i already know he can block (laughs) (laughs) jake ferguson the tight end is like a big blocking motherfucker like you say that name you're like oh that person's (laughs) from wisconsin (laughs) (laughs) you might not even be talking about football you just know like, hey, I have a friend named Jake Ferguson. You're like, Jake Ferguson? Which part of Minnesota is he from? Oh, it's Wisconsin, actually. Oh, yeah, same shit. Um, <laughs> so I think Schultz is probably still useful in this game, to to make a long story short. I think he's still useful because I think you can get two tight end sets with uh, Schultz and Ferguson here. They've even used Hendershot, which is kind of a cool name. Um, yeah. But... Get Ferguson blocking, Schultz blocking, but they'll be able to split away for some quick catches. Dak's going to have to... Dak's going to kind of have to win this game for Dallas. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to decide on each play whether or not his guys are there, if he needs to scramble, if his tight ends are going to be available to keep the chains moving. And that's going to be the biggest thing. Um, I think you bringing up his legs and running is really important because if the the Zeke up the middle run game is just not happening, which then it's it wasn't last week, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think there's a strong chance that it isn't. Those outside runs with Pollard and and Dak himself on keepers in scrambling situations are going to be really huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, and like on on some of that short stuff like Schultz being part of it and also like potentially Pollard being part of it. Like, like you said, it's not going to be Pollard at the middle either. Like I think Pollard, I wrote PPR here. Yep. He and Schultz will kind of have the same, not like route tree exactly, but like similar role of like 
keeping the pressure off. Yes. And pa- Pollard is good enough to like keep the screen game from breaking down because that that's that was an issue that was Tampa's issue, obviously against against uh, Parsons. But you know, San Fran has Bosa. Like having someone like Pollard really keeps your screen game from dying. Same with CD. Like those two, like in the screen game, will probably have to play a large role here for oh, Dallas for keep, sure. just to keep the pass rush slowed down. Which yeah, I think that makes see sense. A screen game with Lamb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do it a lot, and you know. He's he's a he's a good yacker. He's shifty as fuck. Yeah, he's so dang shifty. I remember watching his college stuff and being like, God damn, he is just twitchy. <laughs> he twitchy. is. That's a good way to put it. He's twitchy. Yeah. Like, I like him. Um, man, still really bummed the Raiders don't have him, huh? Mm. Imagine him and Devonte together. Yeah. That would be un- That would be unfair. Fuck. Yeah, there's no way they would let that happen. That makes me sad. Oh man. Can't have nice things. Anyway, San Fran side. Um, I think we're on a similar page, kind of leaning more into Debo and Ayuk because, similarly, Dallas' secondary is kind of the, the weak point, and they both match up well against the corners for Dallas. Yeah. Yep. Do you have a preference between Debo and Ayuk? Or... I, I like Debo in this one. I could, I could see Debo him... Train. I could see him similar vein to the screen game with like Pollard and CD. Debo screen game, Debo run game being a large component, like him in motion to keep the pass rush slowed down again. But we'll probably need a lot of Kittle blocking on Parsons. Yeah, that's the only reason. I, uh, I'm i not super high on Kittle this week. I think he's going to be super valuable to this team, but it's going to be a, as a blocker. Yeah, and uh, I, I realized we neither of us wrote anything about the San Fran running backs in here. I, I don't have like a real take. Like... Not that I think they're like a bad option, but with with Mitchell in there, CMC is not getting that like total like workhorse role. So and like Mitchell gets some touchdowns, like he gets work. So you know, yeah, the um the the Niners' run game is kind of just part of their identity. They're gonna make it happen regardless of the defense they go up against. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think they're both fine. I might like other options more, though. Yeah, running back's a tough grab this week. Like, my favorite choice is Miles, especially at the price, because he's on the cheaper side. Like, at least on drafting, he's 5,700. McCaffrey's 8K, Barkley's 7.9. Etienne's 6.4, and, like, Pollard's 6.1, McKinnon's 6. So, like, I'll probably end up with two of the cheaper guys, just because I'm wanting to pay up for Kelsey and Lamb and maybe Mahomes. So... Right. It's not that I have a strong dislike for McCaffrey or anything, but between having Mitchell there and the matchup and the game pace, I'm not as like excited. But speaking of the pace, I want to pull that up real quick to talk about the the game paces here, because uh, so Kansas City Jacksonville is like definitely the best pace game, um, whether it be total or neutral. Philly and the Giants and Buffalo Cincy are basically the same pace wise. And then this last one's definitely the slowest, um, mostly because of San Fran. Dallas plays quickly. Um, San Fran, as we mentioned, given the run game, plays slowly. Now, I will say, if if we get to a point where the run game isn't as effective and they have to pass a lot, we could see this pace really jump. Because, like, pay, like pace gap-wise, this has the biggest one of, you know, Dallas being second-fastest neutral. Hilariously, Philly being the fastest neutral. Um, but you know, Sanford being super slow, but like, meanwhile, like 
same thing with like the Philly and the Giants game. Like we could see Philly get out ahead and the Giants really have to up their pace. So I guess that's like kind of a thing to keep in mind on that front is like, will the pace get dictated or both teams kind of like stick in their own zone? And I think in this game, it's maybe a little more likely both teams kind of stick in their own zone. But in, in the Philly Giants game, I think we could maybe see like the Giants get pushed to the Eagles pace. Yeah. I Yeah, that game, I'm really not sure how it's going to go. It, like It's a tough one. Philly could just run away with it in the second quarter like they always do. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they the made Giants, this game, yeah. Yeah, and the Giants could also keep that close. This one, I'm really torn on it. I kind of was le- – my gut is kind of telling me Dallas is going to win this. Um, I'm a little torn. It's tough because I'll take Shanny over McCarthy – like nine games out of 10, but I'll also take the experience of Dak over the experience of Purdy 10. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's the tough part is we usually rely tiebreaker on coach QB combo, but it's split. (laughs) And like trench matchup wise, Dallas's O line has been playing really well. So I don't know that San Fran's biggest part of their identity will be able to do anything against them. And if that's the case, then yeah, Dallas is going to win. Yeah. I'm, I'm really torn on this one. I'm trying, is, are there any injuries I need to like look at to decide this? I don't remember I any injuries. I was for that and there were none that were giving me any like big ones. Like for me, Cincy and Buffalo, if cap is out, that's really big. And I might have oh, to switch. Oh, um, Jason Peters is uh, questionable. Yeah. That, uh, that might be the, Although, who, who came in for him? Because whoever came in for him played well, too. Didn't they uh, move Tyler, Tyler Smith? Yeah. Did, did, does he Is he a backup or does he play guard? And they shifted him, I forget. Tyler what, Smith what? is a, I want to say, rookie tackle out of Tulsa. Gotcha. And he's been yeah. okay. I mean, J- Jason Peters being out would be kind of big. <laughs> that might be the swing for me. The swing tackle. The swing tackle. <laughs> So, yeah, this this is what we might just tweet out our choice right before game time. This is a tough weekend to, like, put a parlay together. I might, I might not be doing a game parlay this weekend just because of how, you know, not amazing I feel about these Sunday games and picking them. So, from past experience, I have learned the divisional round, you should never do game parlays on. <laughs> unless you're going to do just two. And I would probably say, like, one for each day because there's always some fucky shit in the divisional round. I remember last year, I think it was last year, I had a similar thing where I was either completely right in the wild card round, got them all right, and then in the divisional round was like 30%. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of sticking with that for this year. I don't think I'm going to do a game parlay with uh with the who I think is going to win these games. This is more of a fantasy week, I think. Mm-hmm. And like the tough part is like on the, on Saturday, we don't have like, we like the favorites. Like there's not really much value in a two game parlay of two favorites. So I think right. if you are going to do it, if you're leaning into Cincy and Dallas winning and you just go for that, that would probably be where the value is. If those are your picks. Right. So, but yeah, I, I'm torn on this. Maybe, maybe I'll rely on Jason Peters being the, <laughs> The, the deciding, deciding factor, factor. yeah, because like it's 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 a tough choice. So they're both good teams. They're both good at different things. Even though in a weird way their defenses are somewhat similar, they're both good at the pass rush and getting to the quarterback, and both don't have the best secondaries. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're very similar. It's just a matter of, like, the difference of back to Purdy and, like, how their passing games operate. I do feel, though, like the Cowboys O-line will be better in the pass protection. Yeah. So what I'm looking... Yeah, I'm looking at their depth chart here. So, like, they've got Tyler Smith listed as guard. Did did they, like, draft him as tackle, put him at guard, and then shift him back over to tackle and move in McGovern at guard? Yeah, because they drafted him as a tackle, and then Tyron Smith got hurt. So then they moved him back to tackle, even though they were originally going to have him do guard. And um, then they got Jason Peters, so they brought him in and moved him back to guard. Gotcha. But... So... So him being tackled is not like an issue. Got it. And, and McGovern's solid enough too. So right, maybe that shouldn't be a huge issue for me. Hmm. It but is, th- but then you have Peters no depth. If Peters isn't there, then it, it creates a little bit of an issue. Yeah, it's obviously better if he's there, and then yeah, the, then yeah, the depth becomes an issue if he's not. So that may be my deciding factor. But this is the this will be a close game, and it's we it's the one we. We got a brief taste of Cincy Buffalo, and but we like the, the Sunday games. We've we've seen iterations of those this year. We've not seen this this last game this year at all. So this is the only non rematch slash game we didn't see any of, even a quarter or half a quarter of. Yeah, That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. But isn't that is a nice treat that we get another divisional game here? Like, there's a chance we get another divisional game next week if Dallas wins. I know. That'd be crazy. A, a, full, a full NFC East uh, NFC championship game. <laughs> it's like college. Pretty much. Like the, <laughs> the Big Ten championship. It's like the NFC East championship. You yeah, wouldn't get to go to the playoffs, which is yeah, the, the, a one-game championship game. <laughs> <laughs> the NFC was so top-heavy, and, like, Dallas was one of them. I felt bad for Dallas, like, happened to be a wild card because, like, they would be – like you know, any of the division would win. It, they, there's, it would have been a better playoff picture with no one from the South, and you just have uh, Dallas is also maybe and they're not the Detroit you know, in there. wild card. Yeah, and you put Detroit in. Man, I really wish Detroit would have gotten in. I would have loved to see them versus San Fran. That would have been such a great matchup. Yeah, because they played Week One, right? Yeah, and it was like forty-five, forty-eight <laughs> on the Lions coming back. That was one where we were like, wait, is this Lions offense going to be fun? And then it was. So this is gonna be a good weekend of football. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, my I probably won't be doing too heavy much game pick stuff. I might, I might throw out a parlay with the two, a four game weekend parlay with the two upsets, just because I'm you know trying to harvest some value off a free bet maybe. But I'm I'm more into the the props. That's probably more my bread and butter too, because that's basically fantasy in a way. Not that's just that's just like fantasy fantasy, not like DFS even at that point. Because like you're playing the book and not other people. So and, oh you know, hey, Ed Donatel got fired. Rip ah, who was he with? C. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all saw them play this year, and that game against the Giants. We all saw that. Like Gosh. he's he like he is the issue on that front. Their scheme and talent did not match up in the secondary. Like that's no. his fault. So, alas. Thank you for uh, tuning in to us this week. After this, we've got two more episodes, right? Yeah. Of the season. Oof, man, flying by. Yeah, because we've got. Yeah, so we'll have a February episode. When's the Super Bowl? Is that going to be... I think it's the like 12th. 11th? The 12th? Nice. That's my uh, birthday weekend. That'll be a fun weekend then. Oh. Super Bowl. Yeah, the 12th. So Super Bowl party weekend birthday celebration. 
uh, I'm definitely going to take that Monday off. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's going to be a day off for me, huh? But coach, it's the Super Bowl. Is there a Pro Bowl this year? Yeah, they're doing like a flag football game and like skills challenges and stuff. The, the Manning brothers are coaching the flag football game, which makes it kind of funny. Okay, now maybe I'll watch. <laughs> Watching them get competitive over flag football is going to be funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I saw that, like, Snoop Dogg and Pete Davidson are, like, captaining the skills challenge or something. Right? That's so fucking random. That's, very, that's really random. Pete Davidson's like, oh, I don't know anything about football. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he Snoop made sense. Pete Davidson made no sense to me. Doesn't I didn't get Snoop that. Snoop have a, a training camp in Florida? Yeah, he has like a team or a league or something. Yeah. And I think like that a couple players in the league sense. have come out of it. Pete Davidson's like, I've watched a game once. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know why he's there. Not like not in a rude way. I just like literally don't understand like why he's like why, why he was the pit. Here? He's probably asking the same thing. Why am I here? Maybe he was like I would, I would crack up if he was, like, reaching out, like, every week, super vocally excited about the Pro Bowl. That'd be, like, such a random thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hope it was. But, um, yes, anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Um, got to give a nice little deep dive into those four games. I'm really excited for them. I'll be able to actually sit and watch all of them in their full duration this weekend, I think. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. That's the ideal weekend for me. Um but in the meantime, you can find us online at mozzieandthemuscle.com. I'm hoping to have a like written breakdown up uh, for these games. And then you can find us on Twitter at mozzieandmuscle. But until next time, thank you for tuning in.